This episode of Ministry Monday is brought to you by the CLEF Summer Program, taking place July 17th through the 22nd at the Jesuit Spiritual Center in Milford, Ohio. The program will provide sessions for ensemble instrumentalists, vocalists, and a retreat track. Additional time for daily prayer and private coaching with our team of experienced ensemble musicians is available. For more information, visit clef.life. From NPM, the National Association of Pastoral Musicians, this is episode 198 of Ministry Monday. Ministry Monday is a weekly podcast about music, ministry, and liturgy produced by the National Association of Pastoral Musicians, or NPM. What is NPM? NPM is a national association that fosters the art of musical liturgy. The members of NPM serve the Catholic Church in the United States as musicians, clergy, liturgists, and other leaders of prayer. For more information, go to npm.org forward slash join. Have a question? Email us anytime at ministrymonday at npm.org. Hello, and welcome to Ministry Monday. I am your host, Amanda Bruce. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts each week. And hey, thanks for joining us. Today's episode focuses on an exploration of our baptism. We may feel that our baptismal calling is fully expressed in pastoral ministry, and in many cases it might. But what if the Holy Spirit has different plans for us? What if we feel our baptismal calling change? How can we reflect and truly listen to the calling of the Spirit? Brother Louis Cantor from the Diocese of Orlando, Florida, begins that conversation with us today. Brother Louis Cantor, OEF, serves as a pastoral assistant for two parishes in the Lakeland, Florida area. In subsequent Ministry Monday episodes, Brother Lewis has reflected on the role of lay leadership in today's church and the spirituality of the saints and the holiness we find among us. Today, we speak about baptism, and we begin at a liturgy that many of us have experienced very recently, the Easter Vigil. Today on Ministry Monday, I'm speaking to Brother Lewis Cantor. Hi, Brother Lewis. How are you today? Good. How are you doing, Amanda? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you for talking with us today on Ministry Monday. I'm glad to do it, especially on the topic that we'll be looking at and unpacking a bit. I agree. Baptism. But before we get there, I wanted to take a minute and check in with you. Some of your list- some of the listeners may know, some may not, that sadly you had COVID-19 earlier this year. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, unfortunately I did. And um, I also developed a double pneumonia in the process <sighs> of having <sighs> that. So um, it was not fun. Uh, it was about three or four weeks of some some pretty intense illness, um, but I'm good, and I uh, you know thank everyone for prayers and support. When you have uh, an immune system uh, that's compromised, even with the boosters and uh, and the vaccination, thank God I had them because I probably wouldn't be having this conversation with you according to the doctor. He said you were very fortunate to have done that. He said because probably you would be 
talking about baptism in the beatific vision. I'm, I'm paraphrasing what he would have said. He right. would have said that, but he would have said you probably would have been dead is basically what he said. Wow. So, um, uh, so I did everything they told me to and with prayers and, and the medication that they gave me, I was able to come back. So I'm doing pretty good. I'm still, I still get a little fatigued in the afternoon and that kind of thing, but that's to be expected. They said for a while with pneumonia. Wow. Okay. Wow. How, how long do you think it'll take for you to fully gain your strength back? Have they given you that guidance? Yeah. Well, he, the timeline was like a couple months. Okay. So, but you know, the coughing's over and all that. So thank God for that because oh, there's good. nothing worse. <laughs> no, no. Especially for someone working in ministry too. I once, uh, not, not the same thing, but I once had a major coughing fit during, um, Eucharistic adoration. And it was, it was the worst time to, uh, have something go down the wrong pipe. So <laughs> I understand yeah. that you're in ministry all the time. So it's it's good to, to breathe yeah, freely, if you will. Yeah, and of course, even when you wear a mask, if you start coughing, people stare at you a little bit and say, hey, you know, <laughs> um, something something going on that I should know about, or maybe you should go home now or that kind right. of thing. So. Right, well, I'm so glad to hear that you are doing better and you're growing stronger. You have always been so open with the presence of the Lord and the presence of the spirit as you heal from illness. We, I remember actually, I think it was 2020, you did a Thursday thoughts at three with us about how you were handling, was it cancer? I think at the time. Right. Yeah. So, and that's, you know, that's what, that's what has unfortunately compromised my immune system because of the, um, the chemotherapy and, and all that. So, um, you just, I just know to be careful and, um, I just know that, um, again, I have a power pack of prayer, and as long as I, I can move, I'm going to continue to do what I can. Good, good. I love that power pack of prayer. So today's topic begins our conversations on Ministry Monday about baptism. Today, we are going to start with, I think, the realest foundation, if we will, and that is Easter Vigil. So Easter Vigil, of course, is such such a huge moment in our liturgical calendar. Um, so let me ask you, it's kind of a loaded question, but I think it's a good place to start. We renew our baptismal promises on Easter Vigil, of course, and we say, I do, or yes. So what is our yes calling us to do when we renew that baptismal promise on Easter Vigil? So uh, a disclaimer, I'm not a theologian, so I don't want anyone to say, well, you know. <laughs> Um, so from my perspective, from what I understand, um, I think when I renew my baptismal promises, I'm renewing my yes for those people who stood in the gap for me when I was a child to allow me to become a son of God, to become a brother to the community of faith that I belong to, um, and also um, to, to start that journey of um, that journey of faith, that, that journey of holiness, you know, we talk about the, the path of holiness, as well as um, real, you know, realizing that I have been called as priest, prophet, and in this case, king or queen, in, in, uh, for women, that, that um, we have that, we have been given that, that, that relationship with one another and with God, as well as we've been gifted and therefore, we are responsible for the gifts that God has given us to be shared within the community. So really, when I say I do, I do, or yes, or whatever, there's a lot behind that. 
And um, again, when we watch people being brought into the full communion within the church or baptized at, um, at the Easter vigil, we're watching people who are, you know, from a philosophical standpoint, theological and ontological change that this person is transformed into a new creation. So when I renew my baptismal promise, I am remembering that I too have been transformed and I have been created into a new creation as well. And as I do that, we do that collectively as a community. And therefore, we are then in standing in community, we support one another in those yeses that we say, as, as we have done that for those who are saying yes for the first time. Great. I understand that many people who are listening to this are most likely pastoral musicians or working in liturgy in some capacity. Um, and we come from various ages and backgrounds. But how can we continue to discern and uncover those baptismal gifts that, you know, that that baptismal calling? How do we continue to do that throughout our life? That's a really good question. I'm old enough to be able to answer that, I think, to some degree. Because, <laughs> um, so so um, in my 50 years of ministry, I have I have shifted. I've had some like major shifts uh, throughout my time. And um, so I think the first thing for, again, speaking from my own experience, is that we're on a journey. Really, we are. And when we say that we're on, on you know, that call to holiness, I think it's, um, you know, also that call to wholeness. So when God calls us to a particular aspect and we're discerning, you know, we're, we have that sense of discernment with the spirit, then we are obliged because of how Jesus lived his life to say yes in obedience to how God is calling us. Um, and sometimes um, I wanna kick and scream um, as I'm doing that because I really like what I'm doing. But um, if God is really calling me into a different direction then I need to be obedient to that because that's what the baptismal call is. Um, and and um, so I think we, I look to, to Jesus in that sense of obedience to the Father's will. And so and for me, ministry, giftedness, um, relationships, those kind of things, that's sort of a, a journey kind of thing. And for us as, you know, pastoral musicians, I mean, that means, you know, from each community to each community, if we move, you know, you're talking about how do I share my gifts in the particular culture of the parish? Um, how do I share my gifts with the different cultures within the culture of the parish? Um, what is the language of the community? Um, how do I discern how the gifts that I have, how do I best use those? And the, and the people who have also been called to be ministers uh, of music, how do I best um, allow them to share their gifts, you know, as baptized Catholic Christians in, the, in the, our case? I want to stay with that one, actually. I'm glad you said that, because my follow-up question was going to be, how do we help people in our ministries uncover that baptismal calling in those gifts. Well, we don't really keep thinking to myself, how, I, how do I do that? Or how do we, you know, the thing is, I think when, for me, whenever I'm with a group in prayer, I think I do remind people that we've been called to serve. We have been called to listen. We have been called through our baptism to share the gifts that we have together. And so, um, even in that prayer time before rehearsal or before ministry to go back to that and say, you know, these gifts that we're sharing aren't mine. 
um, they've been given to me, but they're not mine. They are for the community and they've been given to me by God. And so um, I, I have a responsibility and an obligation and, and to, and to share those gifts uh, as best I can. Um, and I think that's all comes out of baptism and it comes out of that, you know, that, that, that uh, initial relationship that we've been immersed with God. I think one of the other things too, is that, that uh, whatever I'm practicing here on earth, again, this, I'm not a theologian, so I can say this. I really believe that what I'm practicing now will also be what I practice when I die and go into heaven, because that relationship never ends. I've been baptized as a son of God for all eternity. And as I'm getting older and some of the scares I've had in my own personal life, I'm becoming more in tune with that. It's like, yeah, I'm going to share my gifts here, but I wonder what that's going to be like when I go to heaven, hopefully I go to heaven. When I die, how am I going to utilize those gifts that God has given me? What is the fulfillment of all of this in, in terms of this relationship that God has initiated and um, I'm constantly uh, called to say yes to, if that makes any sense? Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Well, to, to kind of pivot from there and shift, I'd love to, to talk with you about how, again, like I just said a couple minutes ago, so many of us listening are pastoral musicians. We've been gifted with music and we use it, so many of us use it to serve our communities, serve our parishes, serve the people that volunteer within our ministries and of course the parish at large. So I'd love to talk and brainstorm a little bit with you about how do we use our gifts of music to help remind our parishes and our parishioners of their baptismal calling, even if we'll never know what it is. How do we mm -hmm. kind of remind them of that calling that they do? Um, I think I think part of that would be uh, the music that we choose. Um, I think part of it's that. I think again, um, I think it's by example. I mean, we set an example as ministers of the church, as, as music ministers. Um, we have a special calling, I believe, because we proclaim the word of God um, when we, most of the music that we use is scripture based. And so, again, I believe that the word of God is transformative. So uh, how, do I how do I share the word in music in such a way that I, I pray that that word that I'm sharing is transforms members of the community because the word we believe that you know that's why we have the liturgy of the word that we are transformed by the word of God so what word am I proclaiming in the music that I'm sharing how am I doing that with the choir how am I utilizing the gift of the choir how do I utilize the gift of the cantor to help that sense of transformation a perfect example of that would be the song how do I you know use the gift of music to proclaim what the message of the psalm is. And, and even to a point is, what am I, the, the style of music that I'm using with that, is that match the culture of the community that I'm serving? So, I mean, those are just questions that I think all of us ask as music ministers. It's like, you know, do I use this one? Do I use that one? You know, more, you know there's so many wonderful uh, compositions. I think there, in my, you know, in the recent years, how many, how many collections of all the cycles of the Psalms have been published? And so which one do I use? And, and uh, how, do I, how do I do that? And, and, and it's the same way as how do we allow the music in the liturgy then to enable us as baptized people to fully consciously actively participate? Because I think that's the other question 
you know, God calls us into a relationship. God wants to hear our voice. He wants us to hear his voice. How do we use the music in such a rhythmic way so that we can fully actively consciously participate? I hope that answers so, the question a little. <laughs> it does. It does. I want to go a little deeper with the idea of extending ministry to our parish. Can you give some examples of what our baptismal calling would look like if we are someone that's listening to this and maybe does not volunteer on a normal basis for the church? Because here's why I say that, because I do think that I don't want to give pastoral musicians an easy out because I'm a pastoral musician too, but it, I think it's so easy to say my baptismal calling is pastoral music. Look, I do it every weekend, but how do we help people who don't, volunteer in a church, but come to mass every weekend. Like, like, can you give an example of what their baptismal calling would be sure. and how they're called? The number one ministry in the church is the assembly. Mm. That's the largest group that, that is the ministers of the mass. So the challenge is to call the assembly to full conscious active participation. We as music ministers, when we're doing music, for instance, I'm, you know, challenged. If I'm going to do a new piece of music, how many weeks have I worked with the choir with that? And then, and then do I expect the community to pick that up by osmosis? Or will I give them, you know, to teach them how to sing that so that they can find their voice? You know, so it's, it's, it's those kind of questions that, that I ask myself as a, as a minister, how am I ministering with the assembly? How am I ministering with those who have been called to celebrate that particular celebration, am I enabling them, or am am I not? And um, do I fully believe that the assembly has a role? You know, I know it's hard because you know not everybody sings, and no, you know everybody has their own understanding of what it means to participate. But um, I think that's an educational, uh, didactic uh, thing that we have to continue to ask the community to look at. Whenever I do workshops, I go right there. I go right there and say, who, you know, who is the main celebrants of the mass? We are. The priest oversees the celebration. The ministers do their part, but the large group who is actively participating is the assembly. How do we enable them to assemble themselves to understand how important their role is? For instance, off the track a little. So what happens when Father says the Lord be with you and we don't respond? The, technically speaking, we can't go on with the Mass mm. because it's a dialogue, right? Mm -hmm. So if I don't come back and say, and with your spirit, how can we continue? So you, we, we need to enable um, the assembly by helping them understand their role. And I can say... In my experience, I don't think the assembly fully understands that. I might mm -hmm. be wrong, like I said, but I, I think that's, and that's, again, touching base with our baptismal call. I am called when I come to church to fully give all I have to the Lord. Why? Because what has the Lord given me except eternal life? And so when we gather together, you know, and I know how hard it is. I mean, you know, you've got families who have like 6,000 kids and you're know, trying to pack them into a car and get them there on time. I mean, that's a miracle in itself, right? That's a witness to me um, when I see large families gather on, on Sunday or people who, you know, 
I have you know, a heart of hearing or heart of seeing or whatever, whatever it is, whatever in carrying those burdens. As pastoral musicians, we are also pastoral care ministers. Mm. We are not just musicians. You know, and, and any musician who is leading knows that. How many times have you had someone in, in, in the choir come in and they're, they're on the verge of tears because something has happened in the family or something's happened to them, you know, or you meet someone, you know, outside and they're really upset. You know, our role, you know, switches in a way from, from pastoral musician to pastoral care. And that's using the gifts that God has given us in baptism because God has equipped us to do that. Mm -hmm. I have to say, this is from just a lay person's perspective, but it really is so powerful to imagine that that simple, but not simple, but powerful sacrament of baptism and those, those rites and those things that we do, of course, you know, um, the water, the chrism, the things that we do most of the time as infants, somehow set into trajectory, set into power and plan, this entire future that young parents can't see with their child. I mean, I, it, I, I, in a future episode on baptism, we're going to talk about like how to help parents or how, how we can help parents embrace that mystery, embrace that, that power with the music. And then of course the rite of baptism, because it really is so incredible that it just it puts your 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 life into this trajectory. Right. And, you know, when we talk about it being a mystery. It truly is a mystery. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and the thing is, it's permanent. Hmm. It's a permanent experience. Um, and I know that when I do um, uh, funeral services and graveside services, I, I, I go back to that, you know, that we're all connected so that we're even though physically we're not connected we are still in spirit. I mean, just think about, I always think about, uh, again, this is what baptism does for me. I can't speak for anyone else, but for instance, at the mass, at the Eucharist, when the, when, um, the body and blood of Jesus are, are, are created, at that moment, there's a, there's a pause between space and time and all these people who have gone before me, and we talk about them marked with the sign of faith. At that moment, we are together. At that moment, we are one. That, that's what baptism does. Um, you know, that's, it's a mystery. We could, we could, you know, carve all kinds of things out of that. But I think the, the, the beautiful thing is it's not just that I, the stain of original sin is taken away. I am placed on a journey. I am called to holiness. I'm called to be in relationship within community. That's why we do it in the context of community. I'm called to use the gifts that God has given me for the sake of the community to help build up the kingdom. That's what baptism, and that's, most, I mean, everybody knows that. So it's like, so then what do I do with that? Do I, and I think what I've been doing is, I mean, like I was off a whole month um, when I was sick and it was like, I did a lot of reflecting. So how am I doing with all of this? What does baptism really mean for me? What do the sacraments mean? Do they have any meaning for me at all? Um, and if they do, how am I living that out? What are the areas that I need to improve on in my own personal life? Because as a minister, I can't minister where I'm not. And if I'm not in touch with that, that primary gift of baptism, that primary thing that has, has propelled me into a dynamic relationship with God in the community, 
then I'm really out of touch and shouldn't, how do I, how can I minister effectively? So, well, um, th that's a great point to make right now because this episode will air right after Easter. And so I think this is a great pausing point for pastoral musicians and other people in ministry and liturgy who are listening to this after the, the beautiful chaos, but chaos nonetheless, of ministers ministering in Holy Week, I think this gives us a chance to breathe, to take a moment of pause and rest and recovery. You know, one of my favorite things um, that I've been doing lately is I've been trying to meditate on a normal basis. And one of my favorite things that I do whenever I still myself, which is not easy for me to be honest with you, is to do a physical check and not to try and bury anything like let's say if I have neck pain or a headache or I feel pain in my knee, not to bury it or get more tense because it's there, but to just acknowledge that it's there. And so to bring that idea to this, I think it would be such a beautiful reflection for pastoral musicians to take a couple minutes in the next couple of weeks after after the Easter music is put away, you take a breath to sit down and do that type of it's not a body check, but almost like a soul check, a baptismal calling check and say, how am I feeling? I obviously I'm tired. That's expected. But, you know, um, how am I feeling? Am I really feeling aligned with what I believe deep down God is calling me to do? Mm -hmm. Right. And I think also, too, is just take a few minutes to be thankful, mm. you know, thankful mm -hmm. that, you know, we got through it. <laughs> First of all, the chaos. <laughs> But also to be thankful for the gift that we had that we were able to share with the community. I'm thankful mm -hmm. for the choirs and thank you, thankful for the instrumentalists and the cantors or whomever, you know, to help that helped us get that to help the community to celebrate uh, the best that we could, you know, mm -hmm. along with that, you know, self check or self examination or we want to call it um, spiritual self um, examination, but also to say thanks, thanks God for allowing me to use my gifts again. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to to share, um, and and uh, to to get maybe a foretaste of the future of what the future might be like. Right. So, yes. Well, Brother Lewis, it's always a super pleasure to sit and talk with you about topics. Do you have any closing thoughts on baptism and baptismal calling before we wrap up? I just only thing I can say is it's a it's a wonderful sacrament. It's the in my, I mean, the Eucharist is certainly the, the, you know, the summit of who we are as Catholics, but um, in terms of relational, relationship with God, it's the starting point, and it's, it's, the, it's the eternal point. There is no stopping that, and, and to know that God loves us so much that he's called each one of us by name. I don't want to sound trite or anything, but really, that's the truth. He's called us by name, to be in a dynamic relationship with him in such a way that he's gifted us so that we, again, can continue to gift others in, in that process of, of our journey, our personal journey, but our collective journey together as a community of faith. I wrote down a dynamic relationship, a dynamic relationship. I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, I pray that those listening, myself included, um, find those insights in this Easter season to continue and deepen that dynamic relationship so we can grow deeper into our baptismal calling. Thank you for being here today, Brother Lewis. I hope you okay. continue to feel better. I'm going to. I, I'm standing on it. <laughs> Good. What hope we have
thanks to Brother Lewis for his time today. For more information and for the video version of this podcast, check out the show notes of this episode at ministrymonday.org. The recording of Hallelujah is Our Song was produced by Oregon Catholic Press. The theme music for today's episode was produced by Aaron Schaus, and this episode of Ministry Monday was produced by me, Amanda Bruce. That's it for today. With the Spirit's gifts empowering us for the work of ministry, thanks for listening. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next Monday. Hallelujah.